are Hope Church Guildford. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering online. Please go to www.hopechurchguildford.com for more details. We look forward to getting to know you. So to kick off today's service, um, I will be reading the Bible today. And um, if you find yourself needing a Bible, we have loads of these for free. Do get in touch with us and we have these just to hand out to you. So today's reading will be from Genesis chapter 11, not the Tower of Babel. Now, the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and break, break them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered all over the face of the earth. But the Lord came down to the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Great. Thank you so much, Marissa. Um, and yeah, really, really good to see you all this morning. Um, just before I start to speak about that passage that we've just heard read out, I thought it'd be good just to pause and, uh, and to pray and to pray for a specific family. It's never easy when a loved one of ours uh, passes away, certainly a father, a grandfather and a, a husband. And as you would have seen on the news this week, uh, His Royal Highness, the, the Duke of Edinburgh, Prince Philip, he, he died and he passed away. And uh, I think it'd just be great to, to pray for the family in this difficult time, pray for the nation and pray for our Queen. So why don't you join me in that? Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for Prince Philip's legacy and all that uh, he has done throughout the years to just be a wonderful husband uh, to, to the Queen and to serve, to spend his whole life serving her and, and our country. And I thank you for that. But in this time, Lord God, we just want to stand uh, with the royal family and we just ask you to have your hand on them. Um, would you be with them? Would you bring your peace that surpasses all understanding in the midst of this difficult season for them. And I just ask you, Lord God, for yeah, for the whole family, for, for all the loved ones, for all their friends, Lord God, that you'd be with them in this season, that you'd uh, yeah, fill them with your spirit, help them to know your presence in this difficult time, we pray. Amen. Amen. Good. Well, um, it's great to have been able to go through this first part of Genesis. We're, we're nearly finished, in fact, this first section. Um, and so we've just got two weeks left and then we'll, we'll finish there. We, we said right at the start, we weren't going to go through the whole book, but to, to do this kind of first part leading up to uh, the people of God. So we'll look at Abraham next week and, and just a bit of an overview of how Genesis fits across the, the rest of the Bible in the final week. And uh, today I get one of those final sections, which is quite a, an odd passage, isn't it? This, this Tower of Babel moment. And it's, it's a really weird, strange passage because it's, 
is fitted in between lots of lists of genealogies, tables of nations from, from Noah onwards. And, and so you get all these genealogies either side of it, and in the middle you get these few verses about the dispersion of these languages. And, it, and you can kind of, when I read it, I kind of thought, well, what's the big deal? I mean, you've got a bunch of people coming along, building a city, building a tower. Why is this such a bad thing? We, we see cities and towers built all around the world. And um, are, they, are they not great? Are they bad? What is this passage all about? Why, why, is, why does this seem to be a, a bit of an issue in, in this passage, in this context? And so we're going to dig into that. And we're going to do that by looking at the context because um, that's really important, looking at why there's this part of the passage, either side of these genealogies, what significance does that have? We'll look at um, the passage then and we'll work through the passage, pulling out two really key things on significance and security, and, and then we'll, we'll apply it to us. So that's kind of where we're going. But before we get there, I do want to ask you this question, and that is, where do you get your security and your significance from? Where, what do you base that in? And now it would be really easy if you're, if you're a Christian, if you're someone who's been to church for a long time, to, to kind of, oh yeah, the answer's God and Jesus. And, but it's just good for you just to kind of get past that and just think, no, really, where, where do you find it easy? And now that might be completely true, but where do you find it easy to kind of look to? To your bank balance, to your job, to your, to your status in society, to your security, to your, I don't know, your pension, to the, the place that you live, the, the building that you live in, whether you own it or don't own it, you know, it's so easy to find our security in the kind of possessions, the things of this world. And it's also really easy to find our significance in our status, in our relationship status, in our employment status. Um, in our economic status, in all these kind of things. And I wonder, what is it for you? Where do you find it easy to kind of gravitate towards, especially when life gets tough, when, when hardship happens? Where do you base your security and your significance? So let's just, let's think about, we're going to come back to that question at the end and let's just think a little bit about the context then because um because that's going to help us to understand what what the issue was here in for this tower of babel incidents and the people of god the the israelites they had been in slavery by the egyptians they've come out of slavery under moses and they're now in the desert and um they're they're living in the desert they're, they end up there for about 40 years and they're kind of a bit of a rabble, really. All they've known for hundreds of years before that is kind of slavery. And um, they're kind of moving around in tents and these pop-up buildings. They don't, there's not kind of much their name. They, they don't have, um, you know, they're fed from manna from heaven uh, for much of the time. There's, there's not really much about them. And yet all around them in 
in Egypt, you've got great big empires. You've got the, the Canaanites living in Canaan, which is, is in the promised land where they know they're called to go to. You've got the Jebusites and the Hittites and the Perizzites. You, you've got the land of Cush. You've got uh, Nineveh, it's a great big city. There's, there's all these different places around them, these great big cities, these strongholds, these places of security, these places with kings, which they don't have at this point as a nation. And they could look around and think, do you know what? That's what it means to be secure. That's what it means to have significance, to have our, our own things, our own items, our own agendas. And, um, and that's, that's one part that's, that's important to know. And I talked about the genealogies because from throughout the whole kind of Genesis so far, We've had these high moments where God creates, he, he creates the, the heavens and the earth, he creates mankind and then Adam and Eve mess it up. And, and then God comes and he, and he covers their sin, he, he clothes them and he, he sends them on the way, he blesses with them the children and then the children mess up. But then God, uh, even though one dies, God re- gives them another son in Seth and it's, and it's good news. But then we get towards the, the Noah and the flood and we hear that just humanity has every evil inclination in their heart and they mess up. But then uh, God comes and he brings judgment, but he also brings his promises. Never again will I judge the whole world or, or sorry, never again will I destroy the whole world um, in judgment of evil. I, I won't judge in that way and he brings a sign of the rainbow and he brings a covenant promise and he brings blessing and then straight away you get Noah gets drunk at the end of chapter 9 he creates a vineyard he gets drunk and we find that you know what we thought was the best of men actually just really is is not man at his best at all and you know um Noah kind of messes up and then we get this genealogy, um, all of chapter 10, this table of nations, which is kind of like the zoomed out view. And then chapter 11, we get the zoomed in view, a bit like Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. Chapter 1 is zoomed out, chapter 2 zooms in. Here we have zoomed out and zoomed in. And 11 is kind of showing us how all the language got languages got dispersed. And, you know, what we find is that sin before the flood is just as apparent in society as sin after the flood. And uh, these three sons, Shem, Ham and Japheth, uh, uh, which those, the genealogy of all chapter 10 is about, come from these three guys, these three sons. And Ham is the youngest, Japheth is actually the oldest and Shem is the, the middle son. And Japheth and Shem, they act honourably, um, by covering Noah in his nakedness when he's drunk, whereas Ham doesn't. Ham, he doesn't do that. He, he actually walks in and sees his, the nakedness of his father and um, is actually cursed because of that. But what happens is that um, Ham's descendants are the ones that are surrounding the Israelites with all these major nations. It, one of Ham's descendants is a guy called Mizraim, and Mizraim is another word for Egypt. And so the Egyptians, they come out of actually this line of Ham's line. That's where they all uh, ascend from, is from Ham. 
and Ham, one of his Ham's sons is Canaan. You can read all of this in chapter 10. One of his sons is Canaan, and so the Canaanites, they all come from Ham. And the Cushites all come from Ham, and the Hittites and the Jebusites, all the surrounding nations from all the Israelites all come from Ham. And do you know what? For the Israelites, they're wondering what is going on, because they come from Shem. They, the, the Israelites, they come from Shem's line. And so after this Tower of Babel incidents, we find out it goes from Shem all the way through to, to Abraham. And then the rest of Genesis, it goes Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to, and then to Jacob's 12 sons, which becomes the Israelites. And so looking all around, they're, they're seeing Ham's descendants build these amazing, mighty cities, these, these awesome kind of... Um, on the face of it, these awesome secure surroundings occupying the lands where they were meant to call to be. And these Israelites, they are, they're a rabble. They don't have much. They've literally just come out of slavery. They're a nation that uh, doesn't have a king. And they could, they, it's so easy for them to look to um, these other nations think that's how to have identity that's how to have security that's how to know significance is to have these things and so God speaks to Moses at Mount Sinai and reminds him hey I want to tell you about identity and I want to talk to you about how the nations were dispersed in the first place and so this week the title of today's talk is a blueprint for identity and why it's important that we find our identity not in the things of this world like the Hamites but in who we are in God, like the Shemites, all those from Shem. Okay, so there you go. There's a, there's a bit of context around the, the there's a bit of context around the passage, and um, and so let's let's read it. We're gonna we're gonna just go through it again, and uh, just just read. And I want to show you how how this all comes out. And so. In verse 1 of chapter 11, it says, Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. And so that's, that's where we are at the moment. And as people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar. Now I mentioned a few weeks ago that direction of travel in the Old Testament is, is important. And so when you're moving east, you're moving away from the purposes of God. When you're moving west, you're kind of moving towards those things of God. And here we've got the people moving eastwards and moving away from the, uh, from the purposes of God into a place called Shinar. Shinar is the setting of where the Babylonian Empire was built, um, which we find out later on uh, in Daniel. And they said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Um, so they had this kind of new technology, this new, new design, this new way of building things. And then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the whole face of the earth. As I uh, mentioned at the beginning, throughout all the generations, um, they have been from Adam and Eve, they've been told to go and fill the earth, to multiply, to, to, to scatter literally across the face of the earth, having been made in God's image, bearing his glory to go and then share that glory throughout all creation. And um, here we get them saying, no, no, we don't want to go. We, we want to we stay. We want to be close-knitted. We, wanna, we don't want to do the things that God has called us to. Actually, we want to unite and be together and, and stay in, in one place. And so there's a, there's a key there that they, they don't want to do the things of God. And there's a key there that 
They are, they're saying, hey, we want to build ourselves this city um, and the purpose of the city is so that they don't get scattered because they know they can find the security there just like all the other people. And then the purpose of the tower, it tells us in the passage, is so that they can make a name for themselves. And so let's just talk about those two things because the city uh, represents to us security. Um, for, for them, for, for any kind of nation in, in that culture, in that time, having a city, a, a walled gate brings security, it brings settlement, it, it brings establishment, and that's what they wanted to do. God had called them to, to scatter, to disperse, to go and fill the world, and yet they were saying, do you know what, no, no, we're not going to trust you, God. We're going to be autonomous. We're going to do our own thing. We know that this is best for us. And so they, they go against the purpose of God. And instead, they say, do you know what? No, we're going to do this. We're going to find our own security. They, they literally follow in the, in the line of, of Adam and Eve, where Adam and Eve think, do you know what? We're going to f- find our own purposes by eating of this fruit. They're saying, do you know what? We're going we're gonna to do it our way. We're going to find our own security, our own purpose, our, our own calling by settling and building this city. And then they want to have a tower that reaches into heaven. And that is all about their significance. They want a name for themselves. They want to show that they are significant by having this kind of new technology, this, this new way of building. They want to be, be established in that way. And what they're really doing is they're saying, do you know what, God, our, our, our significance doesn't come from you. It doesn't come from being in your image. It doesn't come from uh, what you have planned or purposed for us. No, it comes in what we can do for ourselves and what we can create for ourselves. And so they want to find their own significance in what they do and how, how they establish themselves. Basically, what they're doing is they're putting two fingers up to God and saying, we'll do this our own way for our own name, for our own fame, with our own aim, we're going to do this ourselves. And we're going to, this is how we're going to do it. And do you know what? It's so easy for us to do the same, isn't it? It's so easy for us to kind of find our security and our significance in the things of this world. Uh, our security can be found in our, our own castle, in our own houses, in our possessions, in our bank balance, in, in our home ownership, um, in our relationship status, in all those kind of things we can looked to to find our security in those things and for those things to kind of give us our sense of significance our sense of identity our our sense of yeah security in our in our pension balance and in how well that's building up and and i know you know having having come into surrey that that this is this is hard for, for this is deep within our culture that you know this is important for us there there'll be other nations where you know, home ownership isn't a real big deal, but you come into the UK, you come into Surrey and suddenly, no, no, this is how we find security. You've got to get on the ladder. You've got to, you've got to get there because that's how we can, we can do these things. And there's a real pressure to, to kind of to get into that and to find our security there. It's not that those things are bad things. None of these things are bad, but it's easy that to, to stand on those things. And when they crumble and fall apart, we lose a sense of who we are. And when they grow and develop and get established we we gain a sense of of pride in those things and and yet these things flitter like the wind it's like the grass here today gone tomorrow and god is wanting to say to them it's something different but but for them right now for these people at the tower of babel they felt that you know our security this is how it's going to come it's going to come by building a city that's how it's going to come 
And their significance was going to come in their, in their status, in their reputation for their own glory and what, how others would perceive them with, with this, this newfound technology, with this newfound establishment, this new way of building. And, you know, it's so easy for us when we perhaps lack um, relationship status, when we lack kudos, when we, we lack job status, employment status, when we lack these things to kind of feel insignificant and to feel less than and... And when we have all these things to feel more than, and yet, again, these things can come and go. I know when people retire, it's really hard because they kind of lose their sense of who I am. And yet, actually, nothing's changed because you've always been a child of God. You've always been a son of the Most High you've always, or a daughter of the Most High. You've always been uh, significant in God's sight. God is telling the Israelites, do you know what? No, your security and your significance, it doesn't, it doesn't come from those things. I know right now you're in the desert, you're surrounded by all these mighty nations, but I am calling you and I'm telling you, you come from Shem. Do you know Shem? It means his name renown. These, these people at the Tower of Babel are trying to make a name for themselves and God is telling the Israelites, you come from the name renown. You come from the, uh, the name that is established that is above all names. You, you, come from a, uh, you come from one who is established in the heavenly realms and this is your name. This is your identity. You are the people of, of Shem. You are the people of the name renown. And, um, and so he so right after this Tower of Babel uh, episode, the next few verses are all about Shem and all about the genealogy and telling, hey, this is, this is how we get from Shem to Abraham and this is your people, this is where you come from. And he, yeah, that's what he's, he's establishing in them. Hey, do you know what? These people were trying to make a name for themselves. Well, I'm saying, no, no, you already have a name. And do you know, it's the same for us. If you're a Christian, you're a little Christ. You, you have a name. And you have significance and you have identity and you have purpose and it doesn't need to come in those things. Actually, no, it can come in God. And I, I love the, the next bit. Let's, let's get on to that. It says in verse five, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. I'm just going to pause there. So you've got this situation where these people are building a tower, which they say is going to reach to the heavens and is going to establish a great name for themselves. And in the very next verse, you get this wonderful irony uh, where the writer tells us, you know, God is kind of sitting up in heavens and he's like, oh, well, I, I can't see anything. I better go down. And so now God, he comes down and he's like, oh, looking at this piddly little thing. And uh, it's a bit like, you know, my, my daughters, they love making Lego and uh, they, they get engrossed in this. And for them, it's like this amazing contraption. And yeah, it's all right. You know, I, I look at it, it's, it's a bit average. And last night, one of them, one of it got broken and there, there was devastation in our, in our household. And I kind of think, you know, I wonder if that's a bit like God, that he, he sees all these, these empires and these constructions and these things that are being built and... That's it's all right. It's, it's a bit average. It's, it's nothing really compared to the majesty and the glory of, of my kingdom. And so he, so yeah. And it's a wonderful irony. God comes down, and the last bit of, of of that verse it says, and he came down to see the tower the people were building. That um, translation, the people, 
is is actually not the, the most accurate, it's not the best. Another way of saying that is he came down to see the tower the sons of Adam were building, and that gives us a reference back to um, how you know Adam messed up and now these people are messing up. But an even better translation would be he came down to see what the children of mankind were building. And so you get this, this real kind of, uh, yeah, amazing irony as, as God, he, you know, this tower that's meant to reach to the heavens, actually he comes down to look at this piddly little thing and this piddly little thing that the children are, are building that he's doing a bit like what I do with my kids. And the Lord said, if as one people speak in the same language, they have begun to do this, nothing they plan will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. And that is why it's called Babel, because that's where the Lord confused the languages. And in this, um, yeah, throughout that wonderful irony and this kind of pathetic structure that they, that they build, God, um, he, he uses this moment actually to get, the, get his people back on track. He uses, they were, they were taught throughout from Adam and Eve through to Noah, when Noah started to repopulate the earth, they were told, hey, you need to multiply, you need to go forth, you need to fill the earth. And now God actually uses the disobedience of the people to bring about his purposes. He used what they intended for evil actually for his good. And he ends up scattering them. He brings all the different languages and flavors and cultures that we see all across our world. He brings diversity and this wonderful spectrum of different colors and languages and and uh and and uh yeah religions and cultures and we see we see it all immersed and spread out throughout the world and he uses the disobedience of those men actually to bring about his purposes even in in the face of of this what was those people going against the purposes of god actually god is able to use that god can work all things to good uh, for those who love him. God can even use the evil things of this world to bring about a great good, just like he did with Joseph and his brothers. And this place that they call Babel, do you know, 200 other times throughout the Bible, Babel is actually translated Babylon. It's exactly the same world, word. It's built in the same place, in Shinar's in that same place. And Babylon really is a symbol of um, everything that sets itself up against the purposes of God. That's exactly what they were doing here. They were, they were saying, do you know, well, we're going to find our security and our significance in these things, in the bricks and the mortar, in the city and the tower. We're going to make a name for ourselves. It's setting themselves up against the purposes of God. And throughout the rest of the Bible, we see that this, this very place, this, this Babylon actually is exactly that. It's a symbol for everything that goes against God's purposes, that runs away from God's purposes, that tries to dethrone God. And... It happens in, in Daniel, we see that through Daniel. It happens in, in, in Revelation, we see actually the great Babylon is going to be taken down. And it's really important that for us, that we remember that all these things, all the things that we see, all the great nations that might have come and gone, actually all these things, they, they will come to pass, but there will be one that remains forever. And our security and our significance, our identity, it doesn't come in the things that we have, in the, in the, the places that we build, in the, the money in our account, in any of those things. It doesn't come in the lack of those things or in the, in, the, in the establishment of all those things. Actually, our significance, our purpose, our security, it comes in who we are, in the name that we come from, the one who is renowned. And so as God speaks to the Israelites, in the desert, as they look around and they see the establishment of all these things all around them, God is saying, hey, this is your identity. 
This is who you are. You are the people of God. You are my people and I am yours. And I will be with you and I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. You are from Shem. Yes, the Hamites, they look great now, but do you know what? They end up um, being, being destroyed and taken away. And actually, the, the Shemites, the, the people of God, the Israelites, they go into Canaan and they take out Canaan. In fact, from Ham's line, you even get the Philistines and, they, and uh, the people of God, they go and they take over the Philistines. And they, they, they're the ones that come forward. And do you know, after all this, this episode, after we get um, the Tower of Babel, you get that line from Shem to Abraham. And then in those first few verses of Genesis chapter 12, it says this. And the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, go from your people, go from your father's household. The very things that the people at the Tower of Babel were trying to establish, their people, their country, their households. This is where we get our security, our significance. God says to Abraham, no, go leave all those because that's not where you get your significance anyway. That's not where you get your security. I want you to go and I want you to leave those, leave your country, leave your people, leave your household. I want you to leave all those things. And guess what? I'm going to make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. And then what does he say? And I will make your name great. The people at the Tower of Babel wanted to make their name great. And yet the very individual, the person who gave up his name, his name was Abram. And he gave that name up and God gave him the name Abraham. The very person that gave up his name, that gave up his city, that gave up his country, that gave up his, his household income, that gave up his, his status, that gave it all up, God then blessed. And God said, I'm going to make your name great. And I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to um, make you into a great nation. And I will bless those who bless you. And I'll curse, curse you. And then what he says, and all the peoples of the earth, the people that I've dispersed in the last chapter, all the people that I separated out, actually all the people of the earth, they're the ones that are going to be blessed through you and through your seed. And do you know what? I just think this is an amazing... We, we see verses throughout the Bible, don't we, about how Jesus encourages his people. The per, those who give up their life are the ones who will gain it. But those who try to keep their life are the, the ones who will lose it. You know, when we give up um, trying to place all our significance, our security, our identity on the things of this world when we give that up and we trust God you know what he ends up he blesses us and he's with us and he's for us and we remember our identities is him and then we his name is made great his name is made famous and we are blessed in that and Abraham had this amazing blessing and Hebrews tells us that when you put your faith in Jesus you become uh, a seed of Abraham you become you come into his family line and so, um, yeah, it's good to ask, to ask you again, where is your significance? Where is your security? Where is your identity? This is, this is really the whole thing. Where, where do you place your identity? Where do you place your sense of who you are, where you belong to, where your significance is? It's so easy to look at the lack of things to tell us who we are and what we're about. Lack of relationship, lack of status, lack of income, lack of whatever. It's also easy to look at the establishment of what we have, for those that have it, you know, establishment of houses and property and income and jobs and relationships and look to those for our sense of security and significance. And God says, you know, it's none of those things. Whether you, whether you have it or whether you don't, you are mine. You are my people. And I'm yours. And I'll be with you. And I'm for you. And in an amazing reversal of events here, 
God, um, he spreads out the languages and uh, that causes all sorts of chaos and they, they're not able to, to do the things they're all, they want to do. We fast forward into the New Testament and Acts chapter 2 and the Holy Spirit descends on the disciples and they, they walk out into the streets. They're full of the Spirit. They're speaking in tongues and all the nations of the world are there because of the festival and they all hear them in their tongue. And, and do you know what, what happens is that God uses their languages to portray his power and glory and magnificence for his glory and for his namesake. And in Revelation chapter 7, we get these uh, wonderful words where we find that John, he looks, I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. Every nation, every tribe, every people, every language was standing before the throne of God before the lamb they were all wearing white robes they were holding palm palm branches and they cried out in a loud voice salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb there is this amazing culmination of all history that is pointing forward where all languages all tribes all tongues all people groups are going to be together worshiping God where everyone is can find their identity in God regardless of which nation you come from or which culture or which background or which language and it's why I love Hope Church because we have a diverse range of people in our church from different cultures and different backgrounds and different languages and everyone is welcome everyone is welcome because we know there is the culmination of history is every nation and every tribe and every language celebrating the great high name the the God Yahweh the the I am the great God and that is where we find our significance. That's where we find our identity. That's where we find who God is calling us to be. And it's why Jesus says, go. Go into the nations. Go and share the good news about me. All authority has been given to me. So go. Go and give the good news. So in a minute, I'm going to pray. And, you know, I, we're, we're called Hope Church, not because hope can be found in us because hope can be found in the Lord. And you know what, whether you might have spent your whole life trying to build up your establishment, build up your, your repertoire of items, do you know, in, in the face of death, no, those things will count for nothing. You know, when those people in the 9-11, uh, in the towers, um, when, when they knew that the, death, the, the end was coming, they weren't calling up their estate agents. They weren't calling up their bank managers. They weren't calling up their, I don't know, retirement funds or whatever. They were calling their loved ones. They were calling the people that they've spent their life with. And, you know, all these things, they're, they're great. If you've got them, they're great. You know, God bless you, enjoy them. But they're not where you can find your security or significance. And if you don't have them... Do you know what? It's so easy to spend your whole life searching for them and looking for them. Do you know what? You're not going to find it there. It's just going to let you down. It's what every famous person finds. That as soon as they got hold of it, it lets them down. It's not what they expected it to be. But there is one where you can find everything that you need in the Lord. A purpose, a dignity, a significance, an identity, a future and a hope. His, his name is God. And that's where, you know, I want to encourage us as a people of God to be committed to his name, to be committed to his glory, to be committed to his fame, for that to be our aim, that we are a people that are about seeing 
his name renowned, his name glorified, his name established amongst the nations, his name glorified, because that's where we find, that's where we find who we are, that's where we find a sense of our identity and our purpose. And whatever you're going through, do you know what? God is with you, he's for you, he knows you, and you know what? Even in, even in the hard times, you can know a significance in, in that. So let me pray, and, uh, and, we'll, and we'll go and worship again. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you, Lord God, that um, for each of us, you, you know our situation, whatever our situation might be, whether we are well established in the eyes of this world or not at all. Lord, I pray that for the different struggles that come with both, that you would help us to, to be a people who know our identity in you, that, that draw on our, our, all our security and our significance comes from you and that we are not a people that spend all of our time consumed by trying to establish our, our security and our significance in the things of this world, but that actually, Lord God, we look to you. I thank you for this story of the Israelites stuck in a desert, surrounded by what seems to be amazing things all around them. And Lord, it'd be so easy for them to look to those things and to, to wish to, to be part of those nations or those people groups. And yet, Lord God, I, I thank you that in this passage, Lord God, you are reminding them, no, no, you are a Shemite. You come from the line of Shem. You come from the name Renown. You come from me. I am yours and you are mine. And I just pray, Lord God, that you would help us to remember that, that we are your people. That when we put our trust in you, we are the people of God and that we can trust you, that we are seeds of Abraham, that we can be a blessing to all the nations, that we welcome everyone in. And Lord God, I pray that you'd help us to know our significance and our identity in you, that we would be secure in the knowledge of who we are in you so that whatever life brings, whether you give or whether you take away, Lord God, we will call on your name and we will bless you and honour you. And, uh, and praise you because you're so worthy of our praise. Amen. Thanks for listening. We're meeting online every Sunday at 10am. Head to hopechurchguildford.com for more information. We look forward to seeing you.